0: Grab your Bibles at home. We're going to hear from God's Word, and we're going to cross now to Jenny Squire, who's going to read the Bible for us. Can you hear me, Jenny?
1: Yes. Hello. Welcome. Hello. And I'll hand over. I'll hand over to you now to read the Bible for us. Okay. Hi, everyone. We're reading from Matthew chapter seven today, uh, starting at verse thirteen and going through to verse twenty-nine. So, read with me. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognise them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes? or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognise them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law.
0: Thanks, Jenny. Uh, good morning. It's uh, great to be with you via technology this morning and to open this wonderful part of God's Word. Will you pray with me as we come to... Uh, consider it and to reflect upon it let's pray our heavenly father we thank you for the lord jesus and we thank you for this sermon on the mount that we've been looking at over recent weeks father as we uh, draw this uh, this series to a close father please uh, help us to consider how we may hear the lord jesus words and put them into practice and we ask for your help in this in jesus name amen well, uh, we li- are living in strange times, uh, strange in all sorts of ways. Uh, I've never found myself before so well-tuned into announcements from our state and federal political leaders, uh, which is a bit strange, uh, though not surprising giving, given the circumstances. Uh, the words of our leaders have had significant impact upon our lives. Uh, over the past month or so, we've, we've heard the warnings of the danger of COVID-19. Uh, we've witnessed the experiences of other nations around the world. Uh, we've, we've listened to the instructions about what we must do to, pre- to prevent those dangers impacting us. We've heard all of that and then we've been called to take action, called to respond. And I mean our responses have included some pretty radical changes, things that have impacted our lives significantly. I mean, you know that life has changed when uh, the most exciting outing of the week has become a trip to Woolies. Uh, And the most exciting thing about that trip is when you you turn the corner into the the toilet paper aisle and behold, there is toilet paper. That actually happened to me this past week. It was extraordinary. Our response to COVID-19 has significantly impacted our lives. You know, our response to COVID warnings and instructions, in a way, it kind of illustrates What's going on with the second half of Matthew 7? See, as Jesus finishes his Sermon on the Mount, uh, he gives his listeners, he gives us some instructions, some warnings that are are far more significant than those regarding COVID-19. And as we hear those things, those instructions, those warnings, well, we're each then faced with a question. What will we do? What will I do now? How will I respond to this information, to these warnings? And the responses that we make do really lead to some pretty radical and far-reaching changes to our lives, far more than getting excited at the sight of toilet paper at Woolies. Matthew 7, see, it concludes Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. This is the wrap-up. This is the, the call to action, and the key question that Jesus asks us through Matthew's gospel is, what are you going to do with this? You've heard Jesus' words, so what will you do with his words? And this comes to us in the second half of Matthew 7 uh, by way of four warnings. The last three of those warnings have got to do with doing. Uh, so verse 16 to 19 talks about people uh, being like trees that bear fruit, they produce something, they do something. Uh, verse 21 speaks about the one who does the will of the Father in heaven. Again, what they do. Uh, verse 24, it's the one who hears the words of Jesus and puts them into practice or, or does them. Again, it's what you do. Uh, it's, it's perhaps not quite so obvious in the, the NIV English translation where it's speaking of bearing fruit and doing the will of, or putting it into practice, but it's actually the same underlying word, to do in each of those three verses, trees that do good fruit, people that do the will of the Father, people that do Jesus' words. And so the, qu- the key question that Jesus lands on his hearers as he wraps up his sermon is, what are you going to do? And for us, as we've in recent weeks been slowly working our way through this Sermon on the Mount, the key question that lands on us today is, what are you going to do? This question comes in the form of four warnings. Warnings that impact what we do. Uh, You'll see them on the the outline if you downloaded that from the website or on the screen there. Four warnings. The first warning is to beware of fat roads. Now, what do I mean by fat roads? Well, it may have... um, been clear if I'd said wide roads but you know I'm going for the whole alliteration thing with the four f's so we've got fat roads uh, Jesus says verse 13 enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it there's a choice Jesus says of two ways there's the wide popular, well-trod path, and there's the narrow, unpopular, rarely-trod path. The wide road leads to destruction, the narrow road leads to life. Jesus is speaking of heaven and hell, and he warns that the road of discipleship that leads to life is is narrow, is small. Compared to the wide road, only a few find it. Now, this is challenging and it's sobering. I mean, you might hear that and think, well, gee, how, how come only a few get saved? I mean, wouldn't it be better if God turned it around and, and so many were saved? To which I'd say, well, it, it's good to, to want many to be saved. And in fact, God himself desires that all be saved, it says in 1 Timothy 2 verse 4. And yet it's not for us to tell God what he should or shouldn't do. And we also ought to remember that for him to save anyone is an incredible act of his grace and mercy. Now, Jesus doesn't say this so that we would question God. He said it actually as a really helpful warning, which, which I'm very thankful for. I'm very thankful for it because often we're used to kind of thinking that, that being popular equals being right or being popular equals you know, being best. That's what's best. What's popular? Well, that's what we should do. Um, it's a common way of, of thinking. We do this uh, all the time. I mean, just one little example. A few weeks back, we were we we're moving our growth groups online, and we're we're considering, well, which app should we use? I mean, there's different video conferencing apps, and well, Zoom seems to be the most popular, and so you just assume, well, it must be the best. Now, I'm not interested in commenting on whether or not Zoom's the the best app, but it just kind of illustrates how how often we just go with what's popular. We we gravitate towards towards what's popular like a, a wide fat road with lots of people streaming along it it's easy just to go with the flow down the road but jesus says when it comes to the kingdom of god you won't enter by just going with the flow of life in this world no, you need to enter through the narrow gate which will mark you out as different you know that's a really good heads up if you're going to be if you're going to follow jesus, You will be different. That's good to know. Jesus told us nearly 2,000 years ago. But be encouraged and be warned. The popular, wide, fat road is not the way to life. It will lead to destruction. Warning number two, beware of false teachers. Verse 15, watch out for false prophets. Now, the difficulty with uh, false teachers is that they can be hard to spot. I mean, they tend to not introduce themselves by saying, Hi, I'm a false teacher. Or they tend not to have a little badge that says, with a job title, false teacher. In fact, they can be hard to distinguish. And so Jesus says that they come to you in sheep's clothing. They look just like a fellow sheep, one of God's flock. But inwardly, says Jesus, they are ferocious wolves. They're a sham, they're phony. They're not there to to shepherd the sheep, they're there to destroy the sheep for their own gain. So, if they, well, if they look like sheep, the outward appearance, how do you watch out for them? Well, Jesus says you'll spot them by their fruit, by what they do, by what they produce. The fruit matches the tree. Uh, Jesus says you don't get grapes from thorn bushes, you don't get figs from thistles, a good tree will produce good fruit. Now, this doesn't mean that that a true teacher of God's Word will be perfect in every way, but it does mean that we should expect to see godly character from someone who teaches God's Word, that, that they themselves will be hearing Jesus' words and doing them. Now, this warning from Jesus means... Well, at a bare minimum, it means that we need to be discerning. We need to realise and accept that some prophets, teachers, pastors are actually wrong. Now, that's politically incorrect to, to be that blunt. It, it runs against the grain of a, a kind of popular Christianized niceness, where for the sake of being nice, we should never say that someone is wrong. But Jesus plainly warned us to watch out for false prophets so we need to be discerning that means don't just assume that the the big name popular celebrity preacher who appears appears to be legit i mean they they talk about god maybe even mention jesus sometimes don't assume that that they must be right just because of appearances be discerning be careful who you listen to if we Think about it, if we're going to hear the Word of God and put it into practice, that's what we're doing, well, we need to hear the Word of God taught rightly. So beware of false teachers. Third warning, beware of fake following. Now what comes next, I've got to say, is some of the most sobering and disturbing words in the Bible. Jesus says, verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Just talking the talk doesn't cut it. Jesus says there are people who will, who will say all the right things. They even call him Lord, but they don't walk the walk. They don't actually do the things that God wants them to do. It's, it's fake following. See, to call Jesus Lord, Master, to call him that, but to, to not do what he says, well, that means he's, he's not actually master. He's not Lord. And that kind of fake discipleship, you know, it might even include all sorts of seemingly religious activity. Like, as Jesus continues, verse 22, he says, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? you look at all the good things we did in your name, Lord? Well, then comes some of the most chilling words in the Bible. Verse 23, Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. See, an outward response to Jesus, uh, it may include all sorts of religious activities. But if it's not grounded in actually knowing him as lord being known by him as our lord if there's no reality of master follower relationship then it's all fake and in the end a person like that will not enter the kingdom of heaven but will be sent away may that not be the case for any of us but rather may we be People who relate to Jesus as Lord in word and in deed, eagerly seeking to do the will of our Father in heaven. So beware of fat roads, beware of false teachers, beware of fake following, and fourthly, beware of flimsy foundations. Jesus finishes his sermon with um, with a powerful and, and well-known illustration. Uh, an illustration that, that poses the question to those listening to the reader, to to us, what will you do with these words of mine? He says, verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Two responses to either, verse 24, put his words into practice, literally to, to do them, or verse 26, to not put them into practice, to not do them. And what we, what we do or don't do with Jesus' words will lead to vastly different outcomes. It's the difference between being wise or foolish. Between having a a solid foundation, Jesus, who will carry us through the storms of life and through the final judgment into the kingdom of heaven or having a flimsy foundation that will not withstand the trials of this life nor the judgment to come. So let me ask you, how will you respond to Jesus' words? The crowds listening to Jesus, verse 28 says, were amazed at his teaching because he taught as as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. The crowds were amazed. Uh, They recognised the authority. They discerned the difference between Jesus and, and their other teachers. But what about you? Now, Some of you may not as yet be followers of Jesus. Now, perhaps for whatever reason, you've found yourself listening in this morning. Perhaps you're a bit curious about Jesus, but you you haven't really made up your mind. Uh, Maybe you're like the crowd standing at a distance as as Jesus preached these words in Matthew's gospel. And maybe you're intrigued by what he says or even amazed at at what he says. If so, can I encourage you to to not just let, let it pass you by? Listen to what Jesus says. Can I encourage you? Get, get a hold of a Bible. Look up BibleGateway.com. Read through Matthew six, 7, uh, sorry, 5, 6 and 7, this, this Sermon on the Mount, and listen to Jesus' words. Hear the promises that he makes. Hear the warnings that he gives. Be wise. Hear these words of Jesus and put them into practice. Now, for many of you... Uh, You are a disciple of Jesus. You are a follower of Jesus. And Jesus' words are are likely to be important to you, which is probably why you're tuned in this morning, which is great. Let me ask you, what are you going to do with Jesus' words? You know, it's easy to get to the end of listening to a sermon and kind of go, okay, yep, yep, what's next? And everything you've just heard kind of just bounces off. Now, even if that's the case for you listening to my sermon this morning... Don't let it be the case for Jesus' sermon. Don't be a a fake follower with a flimsy foundation. Hear Jesus' words and put them into practice. Here's a suggestion, maybe after church this morning or, or later today or tomorrow or sometime, have a read through Matthew 5, 6 and 7. Read through it again and ask, how can I put Jesus' words into practice? Maybe it says you you look back at chapter 5, to to hunger and thirst after righteousness, uh, to mourn over our sin, to to be pure in heart, to be salt and light, to strive for for maximal obedience to God's law, to, to love others, to seek peace, to be faithful, to deal radically with sin, to be people of our word, to be generous to to love our enemies, to pray for them, to to live our lives first and foremost before the eyes of our Father in heaven, to store up treasure in heaven, to seek first his kingdom, to not be judgmental but still to be discerning, to, to look to our Father in heaven and depend on him in prayer, to hear the words of Jesus and put them into practice. Jesus speaks with authority as our Lord, as our King, as our Saviour. He instructs us, he, he warns us. May we all respond like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. May we hear his words and put them into practice. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the opportunity to read and and to think about his words in this this Sermon on the Mount. Father, help us to to listen to his warnings and, and to put his words into practice. Father, keep us from just drifting along the wide road to destruction. Help us to be discerning of false teachers. May we never be fake followers. But may we be people who hear your word, who do your will and are built on the firm foundation of Christ. Father, forgive us for when we we fail to do this. We thank you that you do forgive us so graciously through Jesus. Please keep calling us back to you. Please shape us, please grow us as we hear your word and as we put it into practice. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.